At a time when many of life's little luxuries have been taken away, or at least put on hold, our sponsor Ole is here to ensure we can all still indulge in some of the finer things in life. I am in love with their retinol collection. I have tried all the creams, lads. And I mean all of them. And this makes my skin feel incredible. Really glowy, really strong, really bright, which in winter is a tricksy old thing. With Ole, I can face anything. Seriously, anything. And there's a lot going on, let's be honest. The beautiful pink sky that connects us all. Making somewhat questionable cookies that I had to dip in honey to even consider eating. My meditation chair holding my arse for a year now. There are a million things I'm thankful for today, but what is my guest thankful for? As an artist and as a creative, I am comfortable with being slightly bonkers and I don't care. And it makes me be able to write because I'm able to tap into something within me. I'm Angela Scanlon and welcome to Thanks A Million, where we explore our guests' personal gratitude list to find out the things that have shaped their lives. Today's guest is my wonderful friend, Imelda May. For those of you who are not familiar, Imelda May is a singer, a songwriter and a poet. She is a national Irish treasure, born and raised in Dublin. She started singing as a teen and was discovered by Jules Holland. She's since released five albums, sold out tours around the world and has performed for royalty presidents at the Grammys with Jeff Beck and with other legendary artists like Lou Reed, Bono, Elvis Costello, Van Morrison, Robert Plant and that list goes on and on. Her last album, Life, Love, Flesh, Blood, was the most personal and honest album she's ever written and was the fifth best-selling female album globally in 2017. And she's got new music coming soon. Her new album, 11 Past the Hour, will be out in April. I am also in love with Amelda's poetry. I share it sometimes on Instagram. I listen to it when I need a pick-me-up or when I feel deeply homesick. I think it's her voice. It's like a balm to my wounded soul. Anyway, last year she released a whole EP called Slip of the Tongue. It is amazing. Now, as you're about to find out, Amelda easily finds the joy in everyday life. But what three things have you, the listeners, been thankful for this week? Philip, the stripy cat, <laughs> making crappy things on my sewing machine and parading around in them all pleased as punch. Oh my God, my mom used to have a sewing machine. She used to make me flares out of gabardine and I thought I was the fucking bomb. <sighs> From Marion, warming two little feet in bed this morning after a sleepover, getting a lovely message from a friend this morning and walking the block on this beautiful sunny day. Grapes, a roof over my head, homemade trifle in my belly from Alan Williamson. New season, a drag race from Megan Mascara. I can't friggin' wait to watch that. My socks, girl after my own heart. A walk with a dear friend and an afternoon baking. Hope it went better than mine, girl. Get in touch at Angela Scanlon. Use the hashtag thanks a million trio and do share them. They're good for the old heart, lads. I promise you. Right into Imelda May. This woman is a force. But over time, she's become more of a gentle, knowing force. In this, we chat on her career, her health, relationships, new beginnings, singing with trees and just generally embracing the inner mad woman in you. A tarot card reading in New Orleans, which changed her whole perspective on life and a wise monk that started Imelda's journey writing music. We also chat about how she loves stones and champagne in equal measure. 
Here it is. Imelda May, Miel Flower, how are you? I'm very well, how are you? I'm alright, thanks. How am I finding you today? Finding me very well with a cup of tea in hand. Yeah, this is where I'm at. How do you take your tea? Oh, well, I've been in trouble recently online. Why? I put a picture up of some lovely soda bread I made. I was very pleased with myself. <gasps> with jam, I saw it. With jam. Butter. With a cup of tea works. beside it. And I got slated for the for the colour of the tea. It was Why pale. It milky. It was pale and milky, but I have to say it wasn't a good day for the tea that day. I was in a rush. The bread okay. was ready. I didn't take my time. I regret it. I'll never okay. do it again. It was a mistake. <laughs> You've learned from, <laughs> from your sins. Um, I feel like you might not be a like a dairy woman, are you? I don't have a lot of dairy. Um, I have, no. I'm all oat milk. So are we talking Barry's tea with a bit of oat milk in it? We are, but I fail oh. on the cheese front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a different hole, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that has its own rules, I find. <laughs> yeah. I'm Same like, as, like dessert. Like dessert you know? and alcohol. Yeah, exactly. You know? Different stomach. I think, um, especially in this day and age, I think we have to just make up rules as we go along to suit ourselves. I agree. <laughs> make I agree. ourselves it's happy. <laughs> it's the only thing, right? I feel like we're re- we're revolting in gentle ways every day. I am often revolting. <laughs> there, there is a, re- a rebel streak in you, though, isn't there, Imelda? Oh, it's, yes, since the day I was born. Is it? Okay, because I was going to say, where does that come from? But it's been always there. It's been always there. Well, it started off that my mother had me when she was nearly 50. So mm. she thought she was having the menopause, but it was me. So I'm, I've been rebellious since then. Oh, wow. arrived. <laughs> wow. Unplanned. Okay, my goodness. So she was nearly 50. Mm. That's amazing. Well, my mum was amazing. She, she's always done her own thing, you know. She yeah. didn't get married till she was in her 30s to a younger man and all that kind of stuff. And in those days, people thought, you know, you had to be most were married at a younger age and early and had their yeah. kids early but she didn't she said she was having too much of a good time mm-hmm. she said she was enjoying work enjoying going to dances and she said in those days when you got married you had to give all that up but she didn't want to good for her so yeah good for her good for her good, so good role model good role model she was rebellious her mother was rebellious her mother was in the coming of mom she was 16 in the 1916 rising Amazing. And so it's in the blood of the women in my family. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And I've given birth to a little rebel, so much to my mother's amusement. She's that teacher. <laughs> Although I feel like you'd be disappointed. I certainly would if there wasn't a little, you know, streak in, in Oh, I them. love it. Yeah, I love mm. I love that our naughty little our bold streak in her. I love it. Yeah. It's yeah. lovely. Long may it last, hey? Mm. Imelda, what are you thankful for today? My my big thanks at the moment is health. I'm very thankful for my health because, you know, what's happening at the moment, you know, I just heard in, in I think it was in Cork, the, the ICU, there's no ICU beds left. Mm-hmm. That's it. So no matter what's wrong with you, whether it be COVID or anything else, you're, there's, there's no room. So mm-hmm. I'm really, really aware of being healthy at the moment and as much as possible. And how grateful I am for being healthy and 
you know, friends and family that we've lost, that I've lost along the way through cancer or, you know, and leaving young kids behind. I think, I think just to be healthy is, because then you can cope with, with anything, you can deal with anything. If you're living your days in either fear of your life uh, or in pain, it's just hard to do simple things, you know, mm. simple tasks. How do you sleep at night, you know, worrying about everything and your children. So yeah. health, health, health. Yeah. And you say at the moment, was that not, was that something that you took for granted in the past? I mean, I, I feel like most of us do until we're uh, confronted with something maybe in ourselves or in somebody close to us. Yeah. If you're ever confronted with anything, then you think, Jesus, what the hell was I worried about? If I could only rewind back, everything was actually fine and I was stressing over nothing. You know, when yeah. it kind of opens your eyes to to how good you had it when it, when that changes. Yeah. You know. My cousin died uh, just after her 40th birthday from uh, breast cancer, which she was told she didn't have. Wow. Um, she got examined and they said, you're fine. And she said, I want a double mastectomy anyway, because there was so much of it in, the, in, her, in her, from her mother's side. And, um, and they said, oh, it's not necessary. And then when they opened her up, she, she had got breast cancer. She was correct. She was right all along. And then... She fought and fought and didn't make it. So That's awful. I loved her dearly, you know, and um, and uh, but her her death definitely woke me up, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made me see how precious it was, and you only have one go. Yeah, yeah, and I do think that when it happens to someone close to you of your age, you realise because yeah. I think obviously you know as we grow up the the goalposts always move and we're still who we are but like old is yeah. getting older <laughs> um, <laughs> and I think when you yeah you you know somebody in your family or a friend who you absolutely relate to who are the same mm. as you at the same life stage when when they are hit with yeah. something you think fuck that could be me yeah yeah Totally. And don't don't mess this up. Mm. You know, don't don't uh, don't half live. Yeah, don't half live. Actually, I am. Have you heard of Ramdas? No. Okay, so I mean, actually, I'm not even going to be able to give a good intro, but I I, um, watched a doc uh, recently called um, Becoming Nobody. So he's like, you know, studied under Maharishi's like a meditation dude. Anyway, I literally today wrote this quote down. Death does not have to be an enemy for you to delight in life. And I don't know why that just hit me. I was like, actually, there's been quite a theme recently on this podcast with with death. Maybe there's more of it or there's more conversation around it. But his, I suppose his approach or his advice, if you want to call it that, was that you don't need to be confronted with that. The threat of death doesn't need to or shouldn't need to loom large in order for us to fully to live. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. We should be doing that anyway. Yeah. Mm. But you're saying death is a, is a, people are focusing on that at the moment. I was thinking of this the other day because a few friends of mine have said, God, I'm getting obsessed with it and being worried for health or whatever. But I think it's quite normal because when you turn on the news, that's all you're hearing about. Yeah. That's all you're hearing about, whether it be COVID and then you're seeing conflicts and wars and these things have always, well, not all, uh, pandemics and a lot of things have all, haven't always happened, but there's always been something going on in the world. Mm. At the moment, we have a lot of major things happening yeah. simultaneously. And I think 
we're getting bombarded with it and we're getting slightly addicted to it, I think. I, so I think it's natural. I completely agree that there's an addiction and there's a kind of, there's been a habit because it's been so consistent because lockdown has forced us to kind of literally scroll on the news in the way we might do on yeah. social media. And so now we're waiting for that hit of kind of terror to make us feel yeah. alive. Yeah, it's, the, we're, we're all, we've all gotten too focused on it. Some yeah. days I just decide I'm not looking at it. Mm-hmm. I know it's there and I don't want to look. I'm going yeah. to close my eyes and think, actually, my day is nice. I have a not, this is a nice day. And I'm going to just focus on that. My daughter's singing me a song. The sun is out. The birds are out. I have a cup of tea in my hand. I'm just going to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think we all need to just focus on where we're at maybe selfishly just for a minute yeah just to be in order to kind of regroup your head and your emotions and you know you say selfish I actually don't think it is selfish I think it's it's um it's necessary and that kind of lightness is what we all need and I don't think it's denial or it's choosing to live in ignorance I think it's actually choosing to come up for air Mm. you know Um, gratitude, Imelda, is that something that you like kind of actively practice or are aware of or is it just something that you um, you do if you do? I think I'm I'm lucky. Well, maybe I'm, it's not lucky or unlucky. It's the way I'm wired. I think maybe it's been a creative. I don't know whether it's learned from my parents. Probably is. But I am very observant and I get great joy out of small things and sometimes I'm sure it must be irritating for other people it must be but sometimes I sound like I'm a little bit I've lost it because I just get great joy out of ridiculously small things I'm like that all the time like the reflection in a puddle will Mm. thrill me (laughs) (laughs) but that's the dream Imelda (laughs) that's how I am like um, my boyfriend laughs at me all the time when I come back from a walk and I'll go, oh my God. And he'll go, what happened? You would not believe what I just saw or heard. You know, the other day I was saying, a tree. I was singing with a tree. No. And he was like, what? I said, I was singing with a tree. And he said, what do you mean you were singing with a tree? Well, the wind blew through this beautiful ash tree and I heard it. And it was like a perfect, ooh. And I thought, what was that? And I went, and then I waited for the wind to blow again. Ooh, did it again. I thought, oh my God. It was whatever way the branches were rubbing against each other and made a perfect note. Wow. So I waited again. And then when it did it again, I did, ooh, you know, and I did a harmony with it. And I thought, I'm singing with a bloody tree. This <laughs> is wonderful. That is And I came beautiful. back and said, I sang with a tree. And I was so happy with myself and Often people think I'm bonkers, but I do find great joy in the tiniest of things. And I'm glad that I do. But I, I do find it hard if I try to share that and people look at you like you're mad and they don't find the joy in those things. I actually feel that they're missing out a little bit because that is the joy. Mm-hmm. Living is. Did you see the movie Soul? Oh, I watched it the other night. It broke me. It's absolutely it's gorgeous beautiful if anybody's listen hasn't seen it yeah, please watch it it's gorgeous it will do the world a good and it's just about that it's about appreciating 
yeah. the living that is it it's mm-hmm. just those little moments the day-to-day moments yeah. the living it's not all the detail in between it. yeah it's and it's not the, the ticking of the things the accumulation of the stuff it's the yeah. it's singing with the tree and what you need to do what you have to achieve or yeah it's the actual just the little tiny moments yeah you know so I'm lucky that I don't have to sit and list them off yeah I'm aware of those good things all the always time. But I'm also, as a sensitive, I get really upset over bad things as well. I I feel other people's pain. Like, I really feel it. And so, like, even watching TV at night, I have to be careful what I watch. I can't sleep. I'm I'm up with anxiety. I just get worried for people. I feel someone else's. It, It flips both ways. You're the same. I'm exactly the same. And it's really, it's learning how to do it. Because sometimes, I mean, yesterday I wept and I, I and I realised in the moment of doing it that it wasn't for myself. And often I'm like, why is this? Where is this coming from? And I was like, it's not, it's not mine. I don't know who I'm crying for, but I'm like releasing for somebody else. That sounds totally bonkers. But yeah, I, I, I feel deeply yeah. And it's it's and anyone who's sensitive will say it when they've come to accept it, I think that you've it's it's the gift and the curse, isn't it? Yeah, it you is. Know. And often I remember when I was younger, I tried to kind of toughen up a bit, you know, yeah. I think I can't be like this all the time. But I've accepted that's how I am. And also that helps me writing. I can write deeply. Yeah. Um, and it also helps me connect with people mm-hmm. because I can listen um, I hope I can mm-hmm. and I feel I feel for people and then also if you're having a tough time and a friend feels for you it's just a there's a beauty in that connection yeah absolutely absolutely okay have you got a thank you next I had massive I changed my life around massively I've done that a few times in my life when something isn't working and I get as far as I can with it where I try and try and try I just change everything Mm. everything I just flip it all around I did that when I left Ireland I just left everything I just went when you feel like I've done everything I can this is done I have to go and that was what I was gigging around there wasn't any work left I was I was gone I pushed as far as I could and then I was like right I'm I'm out of here and adventure calls me from an outsider's point of view, I would have thought in Ireland you were, you know, flying high. It was like national treasure status. You could have done what you wanted to there. But did it feel like you weren't growing anymore? Or? Oh, no. Well, I left Ireland um, when I was like 23. Okay, OK. I've been here a long time, but I was gigging there and I was too comfortable. I would go to the same places and mm. see the same people and... I was too comfortable with it. I knew I needed to push myself. I knew I needed a challenge. Okay. And I did that years before. I ran away with a boyfriend to the west coast of Ireland and lived in a caravan for a year. Did you? Know, you? I'll do things like that. I did. I did in Doolan. And I and I, that's where I learned to play the bower. I do things like that. I'll just go, right, that's it. And I'm gone. And I flip it around. Or I'll have friends. If it's not working and you try and make it work, I'll go, do you know what? I'm sorry. I can't I can't do this and Mm. and I'll walk away not often not often but only when I feel I have no other choice yeah Um, and I have to I I will change and as I told you about with my cousin that was a major wake-up call for me that I wasn't happy for a long time 
in many areas of my life and I did not know what to do and I felt totally stuck and trapped and again when I get like that I'll do everything I can to fix it to fix it to fix it and then when I realize I can't then I just changed everything and I'm sure I'll do it again it sounds like I bolt I don't it's just when you've exasperated every avenue pivot um, of of, what yeah you just have to sometimes call things a day and then with my with me and Daryl we were together for so long and if you hear somebody gets divorced you see online people troll them and all saying oh my god how dare they or I thought they were happy or whatever I don't think it's anyone's business to comment on on that because nobody just says do you know I think we should get divorced today yeah. nobody does that you know mm. it's mostly a long long process and everybody trying or it's not work and then there's a point where you think do you know what let's live you know let's all live and live well that this is not living mm-hmm. and uh, I thought I was going to die around that time with the amount of heartbreak and hurt and sorrow what and the the grief for what didn't work out well the, what the, it's I think with, with anybody I'm not speaking just for myself but you'll have grief for the way it was you're mourning that mm-hmm. and then you have grief for the way you think it was going to be so you're grieving for a future you thought you were going to have yeah certainly my cousin was a major catalyst for me to just it kicked me up the ass you know mm-hmm. and I'm glad it did at the time I didn't feel it didn't feel good it was actually a few years after that I hit rock bottom it was like the whole thing hit me and I had to deal with it I got a counsellor and I'm all for counselling I think counselling is the best thing I wish I had it done years ago totally helped me figure things out mm-hmm. and put things in perspective and makes me make the right decisions for the right reasons mm-hmm. and not live or make decisions through fear, mm-hmm. which we often all do. Yeah. A fear of, of of all kinds of things, trying to do the right thing or just fear of failure or whatever it is. We often make the wrong decisions. Decisions shouldn't be ever made in fear, mm-hmm. if possible. So I, I'm really, I'm totally for, for, for counselling massively. And now I'm... Got so annoying with my friends and family. I think everyone should go to <laughs> Exactly. Have you tried speaking to someone? They're like, will you fuck <laughs> off shoving your bloody therapist down my throat? I know. But do you know what? It would I... really help to speak to somebody neutral. No. No, it does help massively. More than I think I realised. Mm. Um, it, it's been brilliant. And then musically for me, around that time, I changed everything. I realised I was playing it safe. People knew me as doing rockabilly, but I was doing that for a very short period in my career. Yeah, okay. Like a very short period. I started with blues and jazz and then I went into rhythm and blues and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I was in folk and I got obsessed with music from an early age and listened to everything. Mm. And then I went through stages of singing different things. I was in a swing band, 11 piece swing band. I was in a rock and roll band. I toured uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi with, some blues legends that um, this guy would fly in from America one of them was in Ike Turner's band and we toured around yeah it was Abu Dhabi Doha and Dubai and we did a few tours there and it was such an interesting time and that was before all that and then I went into Rockabilly things went crazy and I just got known as that and And that was the image that people had of you it was the image as well yeah that, that, that was it and then it was hard to break out of that and writing wise I hit a glass ceiling with that. I couldn't 
bring that any further than I had. I I knew when I started that I, I was linking up the rebelliousness of rock and roll and rockabilly and jazz and all those early musics that would bend the rules. And I wanted to kind of merge them together. And I put a lot of punk and heaviness into mm. the rock and stuff I was doing and um, to feel the danger in it. And then I, I did it as heavy as I could on, on that. With, and then I thought when I wrote the, the Tribal, I knew that that was my last album of that. Okay. While I was writing it. Right. I thought, this is it. This is it. I will never do this again. Mm. Never. This is over. And I and I did as far as I could. And then I stepped away. With my record label and everything, I was like, I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This is, this is, I, it's, this is so restrictive. And the walls are coming in on me. Was there pushback? Because that was you, you know, you were in a really you know, strong position, you were successful, you were recognisable, you had, like, it, it was all there. And to then go, oh, no, 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 no. Even though the formulas work and I don't want to live by it anymore. If anybody said anything to me against that, I, did, I just blocked it out in here. I was, like I said before, I get to a point where this is what I'm doing mm. and nobody will stop me. Yeah. You know, and that's where I got, I have to change. I have to do something else. Mm. It feels like I'm suffocating and I have to breathe. And I'll do it again, I'm sure. Sometimes you have to hit a low in order to achieve and reach your highs. Mm -hmm. I'd rather that than just kind of exist somewhere in the middle that doesn't give you either. I, I, I could not cope with that. I know there's risks to take and I'm, I'm willing to take them if that, if that helps me live. And it's not at the expense of everybody else either. I'll explain to people and I'll talk or I'll try or whatever, but... And me and my ex-husband have a great relationship now. We're best pals and yeah. we both made the right decision um, on what we did. And musically, for me, I'm delighted with myself. Making the last album and this album, it's a beautiful freedom to start writing and not know what it's going to be. And you just write what you feel like, not what you ex are expected to write or what some expectations that you've put upon yourself. Yeah. So did, which so is often the case always the case Imelda was that freedom you know? like did the freedom come from throwing off the you know not the role of a wife but from going hang on like I'm this is this is my life I can do you know like you said without hurting people necessarily but like you can do you can write the rules for yourself you gotta live your own life you have to live your own life there's a point where it's not about hurting other people or just making yourself happy, but you can't try and live your life keeping other people happy, mm. which is often what everybody does yeah. at the expense of yourself. And I don't think that's good for ultimately for you or for anybody around you or for your children or for anybody, because it's not you aren't being yourself at all in some way. It's a fake version of yourself. It's a compromised version. Yeah, I mean, you have to compromise a bit. Of course yeah. you do in life. Of course you do. But you don't have to. If you find that you're compromising totally everything and every day is a struggle to be what everybody else thinks you should be mm. or to be what you think you should be. So, some part of you made this happen. It is within your power to change it. So I remember around this time I was on tour and um, I was in New Orleans, which I love. New Orleans is just intoxicating with the vibrance of it it's vibrancy and the the smells and the sounds just a magical place 
I remember walking along and I had my daughter with me and I I stopped. There was a woman with this big top hat and a mad skirt and black eyeliner. She was reading tarot cards beside the road, telling fortunes, which is quite normal in New Orleans, yeah. by the way. So now are we pre-divorce at this point? Yeah, pre-divorce. My husband was on the tour, but we okay. were touring together. Yeah. We were all over the world. Uh, I remember walking and sitting down with this woman and she said to me, she, she did this, this card came out that moved me. Now, I don't know if I believe in this or not, by the way. I was playing the game. I was enjoying myself. It was like going to the fair, you know. And this card came out. And it was this woman that was totally tied up and restricted. She's wrapped in chains and there's there's uh, daggers all around her and um, ropes and chains. And I related to that card. She asked me which one called me and that was the one that called me. It was really sad. Mm. And then she said, look at it closer. And I looked at it and she says, none of those ropes are actually binding her. She can just put, there's no knot. She can loosen her arms at any point. She's just staying there. She's wrapped up, but she's not bound. And none of those daggers are actually piercing her. She's not getting hurt. She's holding herself there but she's free to leave she's free to change that situation at any time if she just has the courage to step forward and I just remember going oh my god it just was one of those moments that just dawned on me Mm. it was it was a good moment eventually but not at that time I felt like the world fell apart yeah it was it was a lot, but I'm really grateful for it now. It's interesting because that image on that card and, you know, I know you sent me your um, your uh, tracks, the poems before they had been released and we were over and back with these things and um, like a lot of oversharing on WhatsApp one day. Not oversharing, sharing. And I was like... I would just so moved any time I see you perform so moved by the power of of you really and I think you know I would have watched you let's say on the late late or when you hosted those shows um but in your rockabilly incarnation and when you said that about that card I was like at the time and uh, you know it was perfect at the time but the 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 difference and the growth and the change that was everything was fitted and everything was tight and your hair was tightly bound and everything was everything it, it wasn't me yeah it wasn't me and suddenly I, like that shaggy fringe and you're shaking it out and it was like oh you're suddenly breathing again and there was such a like yes. force in in letting that yeah. all go massively a massive life change and and, um, I'm glad I had it for sure and like I said it was it's often focused on a a marriage and a divorce because that's simple that's wrapped up in a bow but it was way more than that I had totally lost myself I had lost who I was I didn't know who I was and I had to work hard to find out who I was again and I feel so I I feel like me um and and it's almost like remembering trying to remember the child in you it's trying to remember the essence of you of who you were before life took hold of you before situations took hold on you and i'm talking about like years ago before before things shape you you know your your good experiences and your bad experiences who is that actual real person inside who is the child or who will be the 
you know the old woman with dementia you know who is who is that that essence of you inside your soul and it took me a lot of work to figure it and I feel I feel brilliant I feel great I feel like me and I don't feel embarrassed for being me I used to see I was talking to you about singing with a tree Mm -hmm. once upon a time I would have not told anybody that or even not did it I would have thought oh Jesus would you stop being so stupid now I let myself be myself and you know tough to anybody else who doesn't like that I am good with me I'm fine with how I am I'm okay with being bonkers I'm okay because a part of me because you have me on a rant now a part of me has accepted so for me being really really bad with 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 um you know setting up microphones and all that and getting zoom calls I'm really crap with all that and I realize it's because I have no interest in it and it's very hard to motivate me on anything that I've no interest in. I try to learn. I am certainly capable of learning, mm-hmm. but I just zone out as somebody's telling me. Be- so that's what's with me. And I'm okay with that now, where before I would have beat myself up about it and made myself learn it. And now I'm going, do you know what? I really don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm not doing it. Yeah. And so I'll say, but I realize also that as an artist and as a creative, I. I'm comfortable with being slightly bonkers as in the eyes of other people. Mm-hmm. And I don't care. And it makes me be able to write because I'm able to tap into something within me and I can see the world sometimes in a different way. And that is what allows me to write. And that's what allows me to connect is to lose the, lose the inhibitions mm. um, and lose the embarrassment or the shame that you put on yourself. For being that way. Mm-hmm. And that is how I can connect. And some, I get so many letters from people. And messages. Of people saying. You put into words what I felt. But couldn't say. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I try and tap into. I try and tap into deep down inside us. Good and bad. Yeah. To feel the great joys. And the great sorrows that we all have. Mm-hmm. And that if I can tap into that. Then I can be the catalyst for somebody else. That can't articulate themselves in that way. That was beautiful. There you go. I want so you. To, that's why I, I want you to Zoom re- call. <laughs> no, no, no. When you were saying that, I was like, "Oh my god!" Literally, this is me. And I used to get so wound up about why can I not do it? I'm stupid. I fucking why does it make me feel literally yeah. like a swell or a like lump in my throat at the inability to do this? And then I'm like, I don't fucking want to do it. <laughs> No, and then you're really good at other things. Yeah, and it's so fine. I think if we can all, in some way, just lean on our um, strengths mm. and get someone else to help with your weaknesses. Yeah, and it's energy. It's like energy leaking out, trying to do a thing that's not like you know. And I'm not saying just give up if you can't, you know, fix the dishwasher. Maybe give up if you can't fix the dishwasher. <laughs> but like, yeah, I think if we can, and sometimes it feels like a luxury, but like follow the things you know that light you up. But actually, that is the key if you can if you can manage it. Allow yourself to be who you are. Yeah, unleash the beast. Unleash the beast, but let your let yourself have the madnesses. You know, whatever your quirks are, yeah. don't try and iron them out. That's what makes you who you are. Mm-hmm. And try and find a way to learn to be comfortable with that. Yeah, I love there that. There you go. I love that. The thanks that got away, Imelda. I'm always thanking people, but my mother's cousin 
was a monk okay. called Porig Nolan. And he was in Clonmel. Clonmel is a beautiful part of Ireland. And he was in this, this abbey. And he went in there at a young age for education. Mm-hmm. And he went into an order of silence. But he ended up in um, a professor and they lifted the silence. I loved visiting them. And he wrote um, exams for Trinity and things like that. He'd write these papers for these experts. They'd come to him to ask him various things. And um, I remember I was a teenager. On a quick side note, without boring you, I had a really bad back as a kid. I was in hospital and I was going to possibly have this major operation. They were really worried about me walking, which is why I focus on health. And my mother was freaking out. Heard there was miracles happening in Clonmel, so off we went to Clonmel. <laughs> to a horse whisperer. <laughs> We're going to Clonmel, Tony. Be so go on. We're getting the miracle from Elsa. <laughs> Bring your purse. <laughs> so off we went. So that's why we were at Clonmel. Clonmel. And as we were there, um, my mum said, we may as well pop and see Porrick. pop in and see Porrick. Yeah. He I remember it was a really beautiful day. And there was this uh secret garden. They had all of their own food, grew everything. They had he he showed me loads of it uh, the, how they sorted out the eggs and they barter with the locals. I mean wow. idyllic life yes. now when you look at it. Apart from the religion, if you could yeah. get rid of that the, then the chastity. I'm in. <laughs> Chastity and praying all day. Yeah, no, I'm not. But the eggs, the fresh eggs, I'm all for. (laughs) And he brought me into this uh, secret garden. I was a teen. um, I was struggling with obviously being ill. I'd missed school and um, he could see I was having a tough time, I think. He was very observant. And I had my headphones on. I was obsessed about music. Constant listening to everything all the time. And he said, um, come on, I'll take you for a walk. And uh, let, and we went into this this little secret garden. We had a little walk around it. And he said, how are you doing? Or whatever. I said, Grant, he said, can I give you a little, uh, can I ask a question? And I said, sure. He said, you know all that music you're listening to all the time, everything, all the time. I said, yeah. He said, if you're listening to somebody else's creations and creativity, all the time. When do you get your own? And I remember that was a big moment for me. When do you get your own ideas if you're bombarded by somebody else's all the time? And I just, I, it just made my jaw drop. And that's all he said, really. And it just st- stuck in my head. And that's when I gave myself silence. And that's when I started writing. I was 13. I started writing because I started to take off. Definitely listen, but give yourself a minute of silence to have your own, your own thought. I realised I was bombarding myself with somebody else's creativity all the time and wasn't giving myself a minute to create my own. And that's, yeah. That is profound, though. Lesson to learn at 13 years of age. What a gift. Yeah. And wow. he, he died a little while after that. And he left me his sister's watch, oh. which I still have. A little gold watch I got sent in the post. And I loved him dearly. And about 10 years later, I went to the Abbey and I went to his grave and I bawled. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was just, I never got to thank him that he changed my life in that one chat. 
for sure changed the yeah. course of your life so yeah thanks pouring nolan <laughs> that is incredible though and at, you know at that age for somebody to to see you and say and see your ability you know, I think that's how it's received probably is, oh my God, maybe he thinks I can write my own stuff. Maybe I can write my own stuff. I think sometimes maybe people aren't, th- that thought has never even occurred. You just, as you say, are, are bombarded or consumed or, Yeah, I think you know. we, like I said, he was very observant. Mm-hmm. He'd spent his, a lot of his life in silence. I'm sure you must really notice a lot after that. And yeah. he was a very, very wise man. And I mm-hmm. think he... We chatted before, obviously, but I think he had seen something of a creative in me for sure. Yeah. And I've had loads of people who've been great to me, but I have had the chance to, to thank, yeah. but not poor. He well, never also, saw what I did with that advice. And you also how, how relevant that advice is to pretty much everybody. You know, whether yeah. you're like a creative in the way that you are or whether you're just trying to create anything that give gift of space and time and silence to allow your own voice to emerge yeah your own voice your own thoughts because we are constantly bombarding ourselves yeah with somebody else's ideas Mm -hmm. it was very simple and profound and it, it changed my life for sure changed my way of looking at things and thinking a miracle in clomel and the miracle in Clomel, <laughs> I know. That was it. I don't know how the horse doctor worked out. <laughs> um, what is your big thank you? Obviously, in all of this, my, my major thing is my daughter. She's the biggest, the best gift of all. Jesus, I die without her. She's fat. She's just brilliant. She's me little pal. So that goes without saying yeah. before we do any of that. Writing, I'm very grateful for the for the gift of writing, mm-hmm. for self-expression, writing poetry, writing so- stories, writing songs. Poetry for me, it gives me more pleasure for sure than yeah. writing songs. I love writing songs. I love, love, love writing songs. But poetry, there's more of a freedom to it. So you don't mm-hmm. have to contain yourself to rhythms or to, you don't have to construct a song, you know. Yeah, and, okay. And know how to move within a certain time frame or it gives gives me such satisfaction when I've finished a good one you know and you go yes I love the reactions I'm getting from them because that was another career move that I actually had to leave certain people in my career in order to do that that didn't believe in it okay Uh, said I was mad it's a nice little side project to do that yeah pat on the head write a little book love that kind of thing I got quite a lot of that I'm glad I stuck with it. I'm glad I pushed it. If I believe in something, I'll push through and I will I will live my truth without sounding silly. Yeah. You know, if that's what I need to do, that's what I'm doing and that's it. I love that. Oh, the gift that you are most grateful for. God, you're going to think I'm total witch now, which I... Possibly am, actually. I, I told my friends the other day, I said, I have some news here. I said, I think I might be a witch. They all fell around the place laughing, saying, we've known that for ages. I know, I'm like, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> keep keep up. <laughs> Crows come to me, for fuck's sake. I, they come to my house. They sit on my shoulder. I mean, it's bonkers. I have crows arrive. Boris come to me. 
because I was reading this thing and um, I'm going sideways for a minute, but I was reading this thing. Of, Wouldn't this, me like it. I was, I've been looking into paganism and I went to, as I had done many times, but I went to Newgrange mm-hmm. in Ireland and I really connected with it this time. I just seemed to pick things up along the way on my walks and I just, I put them in the middle of the table. So what, like stones and sticks and yeah, bits and I was, bobs? Yeah, that's what I love. Mm-hmm. And this article that I read said on it, you know, the ancient witches, they would have an altar and on it would be, and as I was reading, I was sitting at my kid, kitchen table, stones, I was saying, yes, I have stones, shells, yes, I have shells, objects, feathers, oh yes, I have feathers on it, bones, Yes, I have got a few bones. Crystals. Yes, I have crystals. <laughs> salt. And I had me salt container in the middle of it. I was going, I have salt. Candles, candles. I bring all my friends. Tick, tick, I'm a tick. Witch. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But the gifts I love most, I have nothing of massive monetary value. My boyfriend was laughing because he was saying, what would you like? Christmas I said I said and this family were roaring laughing that I said I'd love a nice just find me a stone yeah. I don't need anything a nice stone or a book writing I love notepads and pens like you know and uh, or draw me something write me something but he did he found me the most beautiful green stone with these lines lines through just on a walk and I'll keep that forever you see mm-hmm. I have stones that Jeff Beck gave me on the last time we went to the beach. He found a really good one for me. <laughs> I like, I sound mad. I love it. One thing I'm not grateful for and one thing I don't have a gift for is margaritas. Or oh. <laughs> that is one thing I wish I was gifted in. I can be... In I got, drinking them or making them? Oh, I can make them. Okay. Oh, I make them, but I can't drink them. If oh, you yeah, give me okay. a margarita, I am on the table. I dance oh, yeah. on tables when I get margaritas. And well, better that than up. scrapping. Oh, no, I, oh, it always goes up to a table. Okay, that's goes all upwards. right. Tables, chairs, <laughs> pianos sometimes in Great. really fancy places. I'll be on the piano dancing and then later on I'll be throwing up. <laughs> Beautiful. So that is the circle of life, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> I can easily make a show of myself. I was out with... Remember one night we were having this party. It was Glenn, Glenn Hansard. He's a pal and he's so lovely and very considered. And we all had way too much. I just, I never forget. It's, it's just his face. There's not a story in it. Just his face when I started to clear the table. He was like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, oh, oh, she's up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> she's off. <laughs> she's at it again. <laughs> yes. So that's what I'm not gifted in. Oh, good. In saying all that, I do like a gift of a nice bottle of wine. (laughs) (laughs) What's your fave? Not that I know shit about wine apart from how to drink it. I do like champagne. I Um, love champagne. Isn't it terrible fancy of us? But I do love champagne. I like a nice pint of Guinness. A Mm. good one has to be a good one. But I do love champagne. And I got into this champagne called Runar Blanc de Blanc. Ah, oh, stop it. I love it. It's quite a treat though, isn't it? It's very expensive and I never buy it. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous to get for yourself. Yeah. Right. So if somebody gets me one of them, I'm. Th- th- it's such a treat. Yeah. But th- I tell you, the reason I like that was because I was, I had this big romance with a Parisian man and uh, I was over there and I was kind of half living in Paris for a couple mm. of years. 
to cut long story short, we were backstage with um, Johnny Halliday, okay. who'd just come off stage. And we were all standing around and everybody was handed a drink. And uh, he came off straight off stage with all his towels, sweating and all the rest of it. And everyone was saying, oh, bravo, it was amazing. He did such a great gig and all that. And everybody, you know, Sante, everybody was holding up. And he turned out of the corner of his eye, he stopped, saw me standing there. And he said, ah, you don't have a drink? He said, no. And he just put his glass back to him, walked over to me and handed me his glass. And he'd just come off stage doing this amazing big show. Wow. And I, he didn't know who I was or any, not, you know, he didn't know me from anybody. And I just yeah. thought, what a really very, very, very sweet thing to do. Mm. And I felt a little bit. You know when you're in a room full of people that know each other and all I felt, I just wanted to hide into the corner kind yeah. of. And he made a beeline over and said, you can't, we can't do, everybody has to have a glass. And he gave oh, me his glass. Oh, that's good. And then he said to me, and I said, oh, thank you. And then he said that to me, Runar Blanc de Blanc. And that's why I love it. <laughs> Not because it's fancy. He could have said it was, Plonk from Little, and I would have loved it, and I just loved. And from then on, I loved that just because of that. Oh, that's um, wonderful! How kind he was, and I thought it was lovely. So there you are. Oh, I love that. Oh, I've loved this chat, Imelda, honestly. And I'm going to end right with this line that I've taken from. I'm pretty sure it's from home. Which I just feel like this is you in a line. I don't know whether you had somebody else in mind, but it was like, I'm nothing fancy in a world dripping in gold, but a beautiful jewel never bought, never sold. Oh, oh, thank you. Honestly. Thank you very much. And every time I hear it, I'm like, that is just such a (laughs) beautiful expression of acceptance and self-love. And it's, um, it's perfect. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. Big thank you to Imelda and for tech support for helping us make that happen. You can listen to the full version of Home. I absolutely love it. From the poetry EP Slip of the Tongue. Imelda's new album, 11 Past the Hour, is out in April. And the new single, Just One Kiss, which features Noel Gallagher and Ronnie Wood, is out now. And you can find her on Instagram. Snippets of poetry, pictures of stones and lots of trees my kind of gal as ever if this has sparked some ideas about what you're thankful for I would love to hear about them so please do drop me a line using the hashtag thanks a million trio at Angela Scanlon is where you will find me on Instagram and Twitter also I've got a newsletter out I don't know whether you've heard about it but you should have by now because I've been banging on about it for a few weeks but it is a kind of um, pulling together of all the things that I love the things that I love to eat and take and read and watch and buy and, you know, ponder. If you're into that and you like the sound of it, then friggin' do it. Why not? It's free and there's not many things that are free in life. This podcast, also free, and there's new episodes every week. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Oh yeah, the newsletter, just go to Instagram and subscribe there. Anyway, there's a load of other brilliant guests who have been on this series and the two previous series and there's a shit ton to listen back to. If you're new to the podcast, please do delve back into the archives. They're timeless and actually some of them are quite timely. My final ask, gosh, I'm so needy. If you're loving the show, please do write us a review. A big, fat, smacking five-star one. Remember karma. You know, it's good. Pay it forward, bitches. Okay, thanks to Louise Mason at Rethink Audio. You are a wonder, as are all of you for listening. Have a nice week. Bye.